Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tony Dungy's under fire for statements about the Eagles and their faith being a big factor in the success of winning a Super Bowl. That's true. And also Josh McDaniels, this is breaking news, has informed the Colts that he will not be their head coach after agreeing to a contract. Welcome to Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with Steve Bursnick, our producer. Have we found Tom and, Jones yet? And Tom has not been found. We're efforting. We're efforting. We will get Tom actually is under the weather, and that's not why he's here tonight. I mean, he's not going to be here every night, but he has the flu. So best wishes for him. Hope he gets well. Um, breaking news also, we'll get to the Josh McDaniel story, and we want to talk a lot about this Tony Dungy story. It's fascinating. And about how, you know, faith and, and these sort of things – whether they should be something that we talk a lot about in newscasts, in this case, Tony Dungy, under sort of uh, defense. But first, the Bucks have raised ticket prices for the third straight year, we found out. They raised ticket prices? What do you prices? think of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they came off such a great season last year. I mean, look how— No, no they were 5-11, five, five and 11, I think. It wasn't that. Okay, well, they need the money to pay that new head coach, John Gruden, that they hired. His big... <laughs> no, no, no. No, John went to the Raiders 10 years, $10 million, so Cutter's under the same deal. It's not that. Quarterback had a great season, and he's going to play all 16 games this season. Mm, it really wasn't a good season. He actually missed three with injury, and we're not sure exactly how many games he'll miss at the first of the season because he's under investigation. But, but you made great points had any of them been relevant, but they're not. And yet they're still raising this ticket price increase is, you know, what happened was what happened was they sent out renewals to their season pass holders, those that they've allowed to purchase their season passes again. And um, they informed them that if they renew by March 15th, they can get the 2017 prices. But if they don't, they are going up. And this is what I guess they would consider a modest increase. In some cases, the prices are as much as five hundred dollars or more. Per ticket, so that's sort of the high rent district. But I mean, you know, there are tickets that across the board. I mean, you're looking at um, center aisle or center center sections around the 50 yard line, going from 1350 to 1600. Those same seats, by the way, because this is the third straight year of an increase, were 990 dollars back in 2015. So over the last three years, if you're around the 50 yard line, you've seen an increase of 62 percent. Well, the good thing is if you can't use your tickets, you're able to sell them. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that because they're, they're cracking down on people reselling their tickets. And in fact, in fact, they're telling them they won't renew their season passes. So they're going to have actually less people that, that wanted to come and buy tickets. So uh, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't like it. If you're a fan of the Buccaneers, I'm sorry, you're paying more. 62% increase. Over the last three years. Now, before that, they went like 10 seasons without any increase, which, you know, and they're still, look, even with these prices, I think they're still in the bottom third of the league, mm -hmm. they would tell you. They are. They are. Um, but that that aside, it's never good news, right? I mean, it's not, and this was not something they announced, by the way. They announced it to their season pass tickets holders when they got the email or what have you. 
Um, but we discovered it through that, and uh, no statement from the Bucks. They did confirm, however, that this this is the increase, and I think that it's uh, either on their website or in the email. Um, this new seating charts and the prices. So, if you're a Bucks fan, you get to pay more for what uh, you can only hope is a better product next year. But it sounds like it's going to be a lot of the same uh, people anyway. Well, so what, we are, what are the Colts' ticket prices done? Mm, I don't know, but uh, I'll say this. They're not going to have to pay one of their head coaches or the head coach. They went through this whole charade, right? I mean, Josh McDaniels came in. I think he interviewed twice, um, you know, and this was sort of a done deal, right? I mean, Matt Patricia going to the Lions, their defensive coordinator, and Josh McDaniels, who had, uh, you know, been sort of gotten feelers from the Giants and other teams, chose the Indianapolis Colts and actually did a contract with them, negotiated one anyway, couldn't sign it until after the Super Bowl. So here we are a couple days after the Super Bowl. And there had been some reports that maybe he was being Julia Roberts here. And sure enough, he's the runaway bride. He pulled the plug, said, I'm not, I'm not coming to, uh, to Indianapolis. He's staying as the coordinator with the New England Patriots. Now, the Patriots, I guess, or through McDaniels, have, have said that um, a couple of things. One, no, Belichick is not going to leave. He's coaching next season with the New England Patriots. Two, no, he is not designated as the coach in waiting. Now, if you believe either of those things, you don't know <laughs> you don't know these guys very well. Because this is – I've been through this. This is Bill Parcells not once but twice playing the runaway bride with the Buccaneers. Once with Hugh Culverhouse, you remember that. I've been left at the altar. For the record, there's no honeymoon. That's an old Culverhouse voice, and it's a good one, too. And then there was, um, of course, the Glazers. I mean, hell, they had hired, practically hired a GM in, in, uh, in uh, Terry Bradway, Broadway, and then and they, they did hire Bill Muir. If you remember, John came here, and there was a coach waiting for him, an offensive line coach that he didn't hire. In fact, he didn't hire any coaches, really, until he got here, and they had to keep the whole defensive staff. But how did Bill Muir get a job in Tampa Bay? Well, I'll tell you how, because Bill Parcells told them to hire the guy. And then Parcells backed out for the second time with, with the Bucks. So who else is good at backing out of jobs that's not Parcells? How about Bill Belichick, who did it twice to the Jets? And so now you have, you know, Josh McDaniels. This, this is really something, man. What's with these dudes? It's well, I amazing. guess if you, have, if you have the power. Well, they got can... the power. You know, I mean, it's all negotiation it, it, tactic. I listen, I was I was shocked to begin with, and they gave him everything. It's the same. It's the same thing. They gave Parcells everything twice. He backed out. You, you go down the you go down the list with these guys, and they, you check every box. Want this much for coaches? Want this much for a car? Or whatever? Want this much for? And you sign off on it because I remember Culverhouse back in the day. I got thirty two points. So I signed off on every one of them, and. And the thing is, they get right to the right to the you know down the aisle, and all of a sudden they get cold feet. But I have before this ever began, before because you know there was a time when we were pretty sure Dirk Cutter might not come back, and so I started asking people in the NFL that I know, and I thought Josh McDaniels would make sense here simply because Jason Light uh, knew him from New England, had a relationship with him. You figure he's you know the hot coordinator again. He's got Brady going again. He's going to get another head coaching job. Okay, so he flamed out in Denver, but they gave him too much power, and he drafted Tebow. Now he would have a j- – so it all made sense. So I'm thinking, okay, well, if they couldn't get Gruden and, and John wound up going to the Raiders anyway, wouldn't McDaniels make sense? Well, I, when I asked around, a couple of people that are very close to him in, that coach now in the league said, oh, no. 
And I said, oh, no, what? Said, Josh McDaniel's not leaving New England. I go, he's not leaving for a head coaching job? And they go, no, he's not going anywhere. And I was like, really? And they're like, well, first of all, they pay him like a head coach as it is. And secondly, he's the coach in waiting, man. He's taking over for Belichick. So, Well, who would you rather this, work for? Well, Robert Kraft or Jim right. Mersey? Look, that's not even that's a very easy question for me. Mm-hmm. Very easy question, and it's not Ursay. I mean, Ursay has got his own personal problems. You don't know, and you raised this. We were talking earlier. You don't know about Andrew Luck. You really haven't seen him throw a football in two and a half years. Um, and you, you know, I at this point, you, you know, Tom Brady is a safer bet, even, even at his age forty-one next year. You still have time to find another quarterback, and Tom is. You know, bent on playing till he's forty-five. Maybe he doesn't make that, but you got a good year or two to worry about drafting a guy. I just, I, I'm not buying. I mean, to me, um, this is a little like you know the lie they told in the Super Bowl about Malcolm Butler. You know, oh, it's not. Oh no, it. it no, we just want to play the best guys. Oh no, he's not the coach in waiting. Why else do you stay? Why would you go through this process and and lose the Super Bowl? It's not because you know, damn it, I don't want to go out this way. When I become a head coach, I want to do it as a champion offensive coordinator. That's not why. There has to be a reason, and I think we'll find it out. Just say you don't think there's something the Colts reneged on or no back and said because the contract's not signed, they could change it too. It doesn't have to be just McDaniel's that changes. No, I think this is all. I mean, they're they're saying that Josh McDaniel's informed him, and Mm -hmm. I I understand what you're saying. Maybe there's something he he couldn't. I'm not saying there is anything. Yeah, it's not. There is something, but. You know, it does this work. Seems, it does work both ways. The contract's not signed. Either party could change something or say, "Hey, no, true, we this. true." It's just the way it's being presented mm-hmm. sounds exactly like everything I've experienced before, mm-hmm. which is a coach that gets cold feet, and they get cold feet for a lot of reasons. I mean, the first time that Bill Parcells didn't come here, uh, I just think it was because somebody told him, "You know, you're making a mistake. That's a crappy organization," and they were. Okay, that was the Hugh Culverhouse Buccaneers, and I can remember walking into one buck place after what was then a long search. And they had, they called a, a press conference. I mean, they were certain that that day, that afternoon, nobody nobody called us and said, "Don't come." He's changed his mind. Remember the old um, broadcaster Will McDonough, worked absolutely. for CBS, yeah, or some absolutely, of that? the old boxer or whatever. And uh, so I'm walking in, and he's on with Bob Costas on NBC, and he goes, "Bob, I just talked to Bill Parcells. He's not coming to Tampa Bay." And I dropped my notebook, my pen, my recorder. I was like. You got to be kidding me! And we went in there, and we had the press conference, but there was no coach. It was just poor Hugh Culverhouse trying to explain how you've been left at the altar, and that's what it feels like. It feels like you're, you know, the wedding. You have the reception, the balloons, the, you know, all the guests are invited. Mom and dad, you know, come in from out of town, and everybody's there, and no one's there's no one to walk down the aisle, and and that was the first time. Now, unbelievably, even though it didn't happen to them, the same organization under the Glazers decided that they were going to punt Tony Dungy to the curb, which I broke. I broke this story. It's in his book, uh, the first book that Tony wrote. It's kind of funny, actually, when you read how it all went down. But um, two weeks before the season was over, you know, Dungy was on his, going into his last year of his contract. No one had talked to him about an extension. I started asking around. And lo and behold, before the year even ended, they had already negotiated an entire contract. Again, they had the GM. They had Mirror. They had all these people. And Imani was going to stay as a defensive coordinator. The whole defensive staff was going to stay. Um, and Rich McKay was supposed to become president and go from GM to president or something like that. 
And Tony knew nothing about it. I approached him. He goes, no, they haven't said anything to me. I can't believe that that would be the case. And lo and behold, of course it was. And I wrote the story before they even went to Philadelphia. And it was the same thing. And I think two things happened. There was so much pushback on Parcells that you would you would negotiate a deal for a guy who's still there playing in the playoffs and that you would be bold enough, you know, from a coaching fraternity, that's a no-no. Wait till they fire the guy. Then if you want the job, fine. Otherwise, you go through intermediaries or whatever. Um, not this guy. He signed a deal. And the second thing was that um, Parcells, in addition to getting pushback, was going through a divorce. So the new contract would factor into that somehow. Anyway, he quickly withdrew after the end of the season when all this was revealed before they played their last playoff game. And that's how we ended up with the long search that ended up to John Gruden. So this this feels just like that. It feels like somebody got cold feet. But there's always a reason. There's always a better opportunity. There's always – and if he's staying in New England – Steve, that tells me he's going to be the next coach of the Patriots someday soon. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there, there, there is no other reason to stay. No. I mean, even if you think you're the next coach, you're not staying. I mean, because he could have – there was, uh, what, eight, seven, eight openings this year? He could have had any of them. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a head coach, this was the year. Yeah, there was a ton of openings and not a, not a, not a ton of great candidates either. Right. There wasn't those I – mean, there wasn't the – I mean, Gruden was the one that everyone talked about after that. But it sounded like John was only going one or two places, Tampa or Oakland, mm-hmm. with the kind of money they were throwing around, which, you know, Tampa Bay. Well, I want to get into the story about Tony Dungy. This is fascinating, and I, and, and I, want, I hope you guys stick with this because I've, I've often struggled with this as a writer, and there's, you know, there, there, there's just a lot to, to sort of unravel here, and this is the perfect format to do it. In case you missed the news, um, NBC Sports, uh, of course, hired Tony Dungy to be their analyst. And he's on, you know, what is it called? Uh, Football Night Sunday in America. Night. Football Night in America, yeah, on Sundays. And, of course, they had the Super Bowl. And so he uh, was there all week. I saw him I saw him everywhere. I was there with his son, Justin. Um, but, you know, being the analyst that he's paid to be an analyst for NBC. Well, he's receiving some backlash now because he made some, uh, I guess you'd say, approving statements about the Eagles and their quarterback, Nick Foles. And, uh, you know, as you know, Foles – uh, is uh, very much uh, a Christian. He's a guy that talks about his faith often. And on the air, Dungy had suggested that, you know, Foles' is faith. And he, and he. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He did this. He started doing this when people were picking, you know, the Eagles to lose to Minnesota. And and Tony was like, nah, I really think Foles is going to play well. Well, on the air, he suggested that Foles' faith would help him play well and it would give him a confidence boost in his performance. And he sort of echoed that on social media, um, what, you know, what Foles had told him. And, and Tony had tweeted out that Nick Foles told me last week that he felt the Lord had him in Philadelphia for a special moment and he played like it tonight. And somebody gave him some big pushback. Uh, on, especially on social media, and said, unbelievable you would use your employer, NBC Sports, to spout this nonsense on the air, uh, at Tweet of God. 
And Tony, you know, to his credit, I think, came back on social media and said, hey, look, NBC pays me to express my opinion. And it was my opinion that Nick Foles would play well because his Christian faith would allow him to play with confidence and that he's a good quarterback. And I think I was right on both counts. And I I side with Tony on this one, although I completely understand why there are people who don't want to hear about this player or that player and his Christian faith. Although I was in Minnesota and I talked to these guys and I wrote a story about Nick Foles. It was one of the first things I talked about. Because with Nick Foles, this is such a big part of who he is and the reason he's still playing today. He was going to quit two years ago. His faith and his belief um, you know, sort of encouraged him to stick with it. He goes to Kansas City under, under Andy Reid. He ends up in Philadelphia where, oh, by the way, um, you know, his, his quarterback's coach, Frank Wright, uh, is a guy that went to um, – you know, it became a minister, uh, went to seminary school. This is what Foles had taken some seminary classes. So their entire quarterback's room is like that. Carson Wentz, extremely uh, faith-based. And Zach Ertz, uh, you know, same thing. Uh, those guys, in fact, Tony Dungy um, put on social media a picture of, of his son, Justin, and all the quarterbacks uh, and Zach Ertz were in a separate room praying after the Super Bowl and giving thanks. So I guess the thing is it's sort of been an age-old thing because, look, lots of players are, have, are, are very deep in their faith, okay, and, and all, all sorts of religions, not just Christianity, but, but, you know, other things too. And yet somehow as a main, sort of a mainstream media, if you will, we tend to, you know, okay, I'll start the recorder when you get done talking about your faith, you know. That's sort of been the approach. Except now, I, I don't see, you know, to me, this is, this is part of the news. Like, who he was, think about the task that, that was in front of him. Think about him being a backup quarterback. And, and the, the reason that he said, and he did it with every interview, that he was able to calm himself down and overcome the perception that he was such an underdog and overcome the belief, others' belief, that they were the, the Eagles were done when Carson Wentz went down, and the closeness of this team, such a big part of this Philadelphia Eagle team that was so unique was that they were cohesive as all get out, and they're not all you know uh, guys going to church every Sunday. Believe me, uh, I know some of these players, and some of them I covered you know in Tampa Bay, but regardless of that, there was such respect and such unity among this team, and a big big part of that, Steve, I think, was because. They they really had this this spiritualness about them, and they were able to go out there and 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 it sort of bonded them. Well, it kind of you know what they say is it, it really kind of grounded them and puts things in perspective. And yeah, and, and you know I, I mean earlier this year, uh, Patrick Murray, with the story of going to a medium, and it really gets his mind in the right spot for kicking mm-hmm. uh, the Bucks yeah. kicker. I mean it's it's the same type of thing. It's you know right. every player draws inspiration draws. Uh, a confidence draws focus, a focus from yeah. different things. Some, whether it's listening to music before a game, others may pray, others may go to a medium, whatever. Right. You know, it's 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 others. It's about their family. Others, it's about going out mm-hmm. and partying. What you know, whatever whatever allows you to perform. You know, but that is part of the story. It's part of the. I mean, we we crave more information on on these players all the time. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, this is in the age of social activism, and we want players to speak out and have a voice and stand up for things. 
Well, that includes Christianity and religion too, or you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're Jewish or Muslim or you know the faith part too. It's the same. Th- there's no difference essentially. I mean, if you want players to have a voice and to stand for something, then those players are doing that. Tony Dungy's doing that for what they believe. What's wrong with that? Well, I just think that you know there are people that are just prone to be perpetually um, negative. You know, I mean that that's part of it. Look, well, we want people to have a voice as long as their voice agrees with me. Well, exactly. And and is there anything? And this is why it's sort of like this with whether it's Black Lives Matters or it, we really don't want to hear about what they what what occupies their minds. We do, but we don't. You know what I mean? Like you said, if we don't agree with them, shut up and play. It's not you know shut up and pray. It's shut up and play. <laughs> okay. And we don't want to hear about them praying. We want to just hear about them playing. Because this is supposed to, we're unified by the by you know the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. We're, we're Eagles fans, and we don't care what your religion is. You know, everything like that is divisive. I mean, we we sort of put people in groups, right? He's a Christian. He's a Muslim. He's a Jew. He's that. You know, that's sort of the you know he this this person's African American. This person's white. And so, you know, for for a Sunday for three hours, everybody's an Eagles fan. It doesn't matter. So we don't want to hear about it. Okay, and it this and this goes and I'm and look I'm part of the media. I I do understand that, you know, when I write something, I'm not just writing for Christians or I'm not just writing for Catholics or I'm not just, you know, it's it's the sports fan. What what does the what does the Bucks fan want to know about this player? And I may mention his faith, but if it's a big part of his his being and it's all he talks about, I mean, I've covered players where it's difficult to have an interview with them when they're not just talking about this all the time. There's a Houston-based sports writer, Stephanie Stradley, who also chimed in with her discontent over Dungy's comments and tweeted uh, the following, I'm just not wanting it as part of football analysis. That's fair. She, if she doesn't want it, turn it off. Don't read it. Don't follow Tony Dungy. Don't listen to and, him. And, oh, and what, what Tony's re- re- reply was, well, so if he tells me Christ says that to him, I shouldn't report it. He's right. You know that's part of the because story. here's he, because here's what he was told. You know, basically, Dungey was told that uh, you know why would he, this is Dungey's response because why would you find it hard to believe that the Holy Spirit could speak to Nick Foles just as much as a coach could speak to him? If he credited a coach for saying stay calm and be confident, that's good. But if he tells me Christ says that to him, I shouldn't report it. So this is sort of where Tony is, and I look. We all know Tony is extremely deep in his faith. I mean, you know, we we we've lived it. We understand that. It's not that he can't coach players that don't feel that way. Um, it's not that you know, as as people would say, probably in a negative sense, he wants a God squad or you know, what whatever those those terms are. But I don't think you should be criticized for reporting that. And. And I talked to Tony about this. He was on on the flight home. He was telling me, he goes, you know, Nick told me he thought that the Lord had put him in this position for a reason, and and he was very confident because of that and and just felt I'm supposed to be here and and nothing's going to distract me. I think it's fascinating. The whole topic of religion and sports and where it fits in in terms of coverage and stuff like that is very interesting to me. To me, it's not any different than politics. How often this year have we heard people say, hey, I don't turn on football on Sunday to see you guys protest, right? Mm-hmm. Athletes should just play and shut up. And I think you're right, Steve. I think it's just, you know, 
if, if we don't agree with them, we don't want to hear it. And the best way to not know is just don't tell me anything. Don't tell me what your problems are. Don't tell me, don't tell me who, what, what, what injustices you think there is in the world. Don't tell me what your religion is or who inspires you. Unless I agree with you, then play the game. Then I want to hear about it. And I'm sure there are Christians on, that will hear this podcast that will say, heck yeah, Tony Dungy should have reported that. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel like, why have we avoided it? You know, like, if this is such a big well, part of their beings. Well, if this, we're came, trying up, to this tap, came up a few years ago with Tim Tebow. Yes, yes. I mean, it was, it was, huge. It was always it was it was always part of the Tim Tebow story. What? Oh yeah, the whole the whole getting on one knee and you know everybody was was uh, they were Tebowing right mm-hmm. when he would pray mm-hmm. they they were called they called it Tebowing. He'd get yep. in the end zone, he'd get down on his knee, and everybody was was Tebowing. You know, and it was sort of a mock thing, and yet you know he got made fun of and and per- look. I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole Christians have been persecuted well, for a look, long it was, time. It was a mock but, to some, but but to those who are but to who others are, who it, are religious and, and and deep Christians, they loved it. They loved it, right? Right. There's so for reason, some, it's galvanizing. You know, for some, that was a reason his jersey sales were as high as they were. It wasn't that absolutely. he was the best quarterback on the field. No, no, absolutely. They they thought that Tim Tebow represented more to them. Yeah. Than just winning a football game, he represented the type of person that, that they would like to be or their son to be, and 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 the, mm-hmm. the deep deep Christian faith too. If you could just throw a deep out, yeah. yeah. But no, I, I no, I mean you're exactly right, and and he was polarizing because of it. You know what I mean? He was a polarizing figure because he wore his faith on his sleeve. But that's what, hey, if you're a Christian, that's what the Bible tells you to do. You know, um, you're not supposed to run from it. So. And, and, you know, I will say that Foles had a great statement. I, I don't know that I have that handy right now, but you go back and read it when he talked about uh, failure. And people asked him, you know, sort of how did you pull this off? I mean, this is a big story. You know, how's a guy that doesn't play in but, you know, a couple games after Wentz gets hurt and has to, you know, be the underdog in all three playoff games and beat Tom Brady, outduel Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? How'd you, how could you have possibly pulled this off? And... You know, he talked about failure. He says, I think the big thing is don't be afraid to fail. I think, you know, in our society today, you know, Instagram, Twitter, it's a highlight reel. Um, You know, it's all the good things. And then when you look at it, you know, you think like, wow, when you have a rough day or your life's not as good as that, like, you know, you're failing. And I don't think, you know, failure is part of life. That's a part of building character and growing. Like without failure, who would you be? I wouldn't be up here if I hadn't fallen thousands of times made mistakes uh you know we all we all are human we all have weaknesses and i think throughout this just being able to share that and be transparent i know when i listen to people speak and they share their weaknesses i'm listening because i can resonate so i'm not perfect I'm not superman might be in the nfl and we might have just won the super bowl but hey we still have daily struggles i still have daily struggles so um, but that's where my faith comes in. That's where my family comes in. And, you know, I think when you look at a struggle in your life, just know that, you know, that's just an opportunity for your character to grow. And that's really just been the message. Simple. Like, if something's going on in your life and you're struggling, embrace it because you're growing. And his, his faith uh, is, is what enabled him to stay calm. It's what enabled him to do that. So Tony's right. Had, we, had he said, you know what, I got some great advice before the game. And Coach Peter Peterson told me this. We'd have run with it. We'd have gone crazy. Instead, he says, you know, well, you know, the Lord tells me this. I read my – here's my here's the scripture that I had today. 
and it helped me during the game. But we're supposed, you know what? I'm not interested in that. I'll move on to the next quote. So, I mean, I think Tony did his job in this one, and I think some people are just looking for things to be miserable about sometimes. But I do understand, and I get it a lot. I get it a lot when I write about it, or or certain aspects about somebody, whether it's political or 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 religion. There are just certain things that you know what? No one cares. They don't want to know. They just play the game. Don't pray, just play. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast, Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can reach us on Twitter. We want to get your feedback and your questions. We'll have a mailbag segment, I'm sure, sometime this week. Uh, we are at Sports Day at Sports Day TB. That's at Sports Day TB, or you can reach me at NFL Stroud. Uh, I can also be reached on email, of course, uh, rstroud at tampabay.com or stroudbucks at aol.com. Don't forget you can download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, TampaBay.com slash sports, SoundCloud. Hit subscribe, hit like, leave a review. That helps us, uh, lets more people know about the podcast and also moves us up the rankings, which we appreciate greatly. Make this a habit. We'll be with you every night, Monday through Friday. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.